0: Amen. You guys all right today? How to do that one more time? So, you guys are in trouble. Since Byron is not here, I'm going to be preaching out of 711.66 pages. So, hopefully, you brought some lunch with you. Because we're going to roll on. I'm messing. But, kind of. It's good to laugh a little bit, it's good to loosen up. So, Father, we just so thank you for this time. And we so love you, Father. We so appreciate you, Daddy. We so thank you for your richness in love that you have in your heart towards us. And above all else, we thank you that you are our Father. Any good just to think about that? That he's our father. That's right. He's not a God that is far over there. And it's interesting that Jesus taught us how to pray by saying, our father who is in heaven. Because that's how I told his disciples to pray. Our father who is in heaven. Just even saying that one phrase, our father who is in heaven. Just think about it. Let it enter deep in your heart. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father. So Jesus, who was the full manifestation of the Father himself, brought the Father that close to us. Well, in the Old Testament, it seemed that the God that we knew was so far off In Jesus, he's as close as in our own hearts. So from that place, as sons and daughters, we say, our father. And you're going to hear me repeat that phrase throughout this preaching. That our father, our father, our father. Because I want that to really sink into your heart. I was just asking the father. What he had for all of us its not just for you, but I'm included because the double-edged sword. As much as it cuts you, it cuts me first. So the father will start speaking to me about his wisdom. It's not a very popular topic. It's not an easy topic to even preach on. Because when you look at the Bible, it's filled. With the wisdom of God. But today what I'm going to try to touch on. Is coming from the father's perspective. Of understanding God's wisdom. From him being a dad. Okay? Not him being a faraway God. But him being a dad. He being our father. That's the emphasis that I want to emphasize today. Him being our father. Him being our daddy. And the wisdom that comes from His heart towards us, the wisdom of all the ages. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. See Job say this in Job twelve thirteen, and we know all scriptures God breathed, right? So I'm just going to say, here's what the Holy Spirit said. Instead of me saying that Job said, here's what the Holy Spirit said. It says, but true wisdom and power are found in God and counsel and understanding are his. True wisdom is found only in God himself. He's original. It's not the wisdom of man. I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the wisdom that comes from the father's heart himself. And that's what the Holy Spirit declares here. And sometimes in our lives, I feel like we lose focus on that particular issue on God's wisdom. Because sometimes it's hard to really comprehend the fullness Or the wisdom of God himself. It's challenging. I don't know about you. It's challenging. The things that he does and the way he does them. And he gives sometimes no explanation of why he does it the way he does. And he's not even insecure about it. He says it. And it's up to us to have a different attitude in our hearts. To absolutely get what he's trying to give us. And I'm going to get to that later. But the wisdom of God can be challenging to us. Because sometimes we don't fully understand His ways. On this side, I don't think we'll ever fully understand His ways. And even when we're in heaven, I think we'll still be discovering the vastness of the all wisdom of God Himself, of the all wisdom of our Father who is in heaven. Our Father that now lives in our own hearts. The challenging part, at least in my own life that i faced, is even when you look at the scriptures, sometimes how the Lord does things leaves you pre right? He will heal somebody at the pool of Sloan, but leave the rest. They all need healing. Here, River Life itself, when we, used to, when we had the move of the Lord, strong move of the Lord, there's still the move of the Lord. But it's interesting that there's still a move of the Lord, but it doesn't look like what it looked before. But yet, it's still present. In that time, the Lord heals two people, From cancer. Near death. Heals him. And then lets two of them die. Go figure that. Same people. That we pray for. Fervently. With all our hearts. But still. The father took them to heaven. With no explanation. Why the two were healed. And the two were not. The all wisdom of our father. Those are the challenging parts that he does not even give an explanation for. doesn't even try to explain himself. Here's what it says in Romans 11. And by the way, I like using the NLT version, okay? For me, it's the simple version where I can read the Bible and not feel like I have to overthink stuff. I do love the King James, but trying to figure out thou this and thou that and trying to figure out what is the same. <laughs> I'm spending so much energy trying to figure out my brain rather than just receiving the word and drinking it up. So that's why I use the NLT. So he might say things a little bit different, but it's still the same word. Here's what he says in Romans 11 starting from verse 33. He says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay back? If that itself does not position your heart in a different place, then you really haven't encountered the Father himself with the Father's heart. Because if you are dad yourself, there is things that you don't even tell your own kids. Not because you're withholding information. But in the wisdom that you have, you know, there's certain things that you can say, certain things that you cannot say. Yes or no? So here we have our daddy in heaven. And the Holy Spirit says this about him. Pretty clearly about him. Okay? says, for Who? can know the Lord's thoughts. Who knows enough to give him advice? It's a different shift. It's a different shift for our own hearts. Because truly be told, we want to know details. We want to know why we're going through stuff. We want to know the reasons when he says, do this part. We want to ask, why do I need to do that part? Go over there. Why do I need to go over there? This will challenge your heart this morning. This will touch your heart this morning. Because I want to come from the father's perspective. Because he's our father. And I'm going to keep on repeating that. Our father. His what it says in Isaiah, what the Holy Spirit says. I mean, says, the Father actually says Himself. This is Isaiah 55, starting from verse 8 through 9. It says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That mystery part that drives us crazy. That part that he does not reveal. That part where you go through situations and while you're in it, you don't understand why. It could be sickness in your body. Not saying that the Lord is inflicting sickness on you. It could be financial trouble. Not saying the Lord is inflicting financial trouble towards you. You could be serving the Lord with all your heart. Pouring your heart, serving him, but yet be persecuted deeply. And you're wondering, how is this the wisdom of the Lord Father, that you send me to this place, only to encounter hardships and him still not explain himself. Why are you in that position? Or why he pledged you there. How is it that. Tells Abraham. I'm going to bless you with a son. But wait until he cannot have any more kids. The old wisdom of our father. How can it be that he tells his descendants. That your descendants Abraham. Will be slaves for 450 years. In a foreign nation. The old wisdom of the father. As slaves. If that don't confound you, I don't know what else will. Our slaves, we're not talking about the flourishing. They were being whipped. They were being oppressed. But yet in the whole wisdom of the father, he said, I'm going to put you in that place. This is what I'm going to incubate you and make you a nation. I'm just saying, The all wisdom of our Father. Mm. It's quiet in here today. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. This is our Father that I'm talking about. I don't have enough time to go through all the scriptures, but think about Paul. Don't go there, the prophet says. Cause they're gonna tie you, they're gonna throw you in jail. I've seen it, in a, I've seen it. But Paul says, "This is the Father's will for me. I'm gone. He gets thrown in jail, a mighty preacher, and you're wondering how's he gonna be preaching from jail. I'm sure he was wearing in shackles. But he writes two thirds of the New Testament. The all wisdom of the Father. Our father. We don't understand his ways. Not because he does not want to diverge his ways. But we need to give him that position as a father. That's the first place. You give him that platform as a father. Not as a father of God. But as a father... Help me, Holy Spirit, today. Oh, gosh. See, I've got to keep up with time. I might not be able to go into all those things in detail. Here's something else I want you to think about. For Satan to be able to even deceive a thought of the angels in heaven. See, I've been in a country where they were trying to overthrow the government. It's planned. Okay? To plan, you don't wake up the next day and say, I'm going to overthrow the government. It's a well thought out plan. Sometimes months, sometimes years. And then finally, when they feel the time is ready, they spring up and try to go through. Yet, Satan was doing all this stuff in heaven. Where our father is, and the father was silent. What do you say to that? We have other stuff that the Lord tells us. Yes, he did. He got Satan from heaven, but why let it get that far? Okay this is our father this is our father who might not fully understand what he does but he's still our father I just want to emphasize that but he's still our father period period I don't understand why he was quiet all that time until Satan deceived the thought of the angels but he's still my father he's still my father (laughs) Lord Jesus. (laughs) Obviously from scriptures you can tell that Satan well he thought that he was wiser than our own father right? And he let pride into his heart And he so deceived himself that he said, I'm gonna ascend above the most high. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, Lord Jesus <laughs> go let that sink in for a little bit. Just let it sink in for a little bit. Let you digest that part. So, we're going to fast forward a little bit. So, here's Satan done, kicked out. He fell because of the sin of pride. Then God creates Adam and Eve. And our father says to our parents, our original parents, please do not eat from that tree. The wisdom of God tells them do not partake of that part. But in the process, the same sin that God Satan kicked out of heaven is the same sin that entered the heart of Adam and Eve. And they accepted a different wisdom. Instead of allowing the father's wisdom to prevail, they took upon their own wisdom that was offered by the serpent. Meaning that they left a place of safety with the father himself and took another position of self-reliance. Here's what the Holy Spirit says about that wisdom, you know. The wisdom that Satan gave. This is James 3, starting from verse 13 through 15. It says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. He's got our Father's wisdom. Okay, this is James 3, 17 through 18. It says, but the wisdom from above is first all pure, is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it's all as sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the wisdom that the Father offers us. I just want to do the contrast there. What this other part that is really demonic, what it does is this. It takes away the very key that we need to actually receive fully what the Father is offering, which is humility. See, how humility is this? If you've ever had a dad in your life, okay? See, for me, I didn't grow up with a dad, but I did grow up with a granddad. He didn't put up with no nonsense, man. I mean, he wore me out. Put me to work. I'm serious. And one thing that learned from me is you never disrespect your elders. Ever. Ever. Even when they abuse you and spit on you. Say, so you walk away. You do not touch. Period. See, I feel like there's some of that that's been lost in our culture here. That has been lost, where even our perspective of really honoring God as our Father has diminished. Because we're not looking at it from that perspective of understanding that He's a Father and He's our Father. Meaning that as our Father and our Father, He has the right to do as He pleases. Now, for our enjoyment, but for him as our father to do what he thinks is absolutely wise for us. And for us to be able to actually trust that those decisions that he's making are actually good for us, whether we see it fully or not. Because when my granddad said, no, do not do that part, even though I was a little kid, I didn't fully understand why he said no. But later on, I didn't understand why he said no. But at the moment, my heart ought to be submissive And come under that authority. And say, yes, granddad. Period. See, that's the dishonor that entered the original parents. Of not being humble enough. And allowing pride to enter in there. And enter into a stage of rebellion. Taking away the very provision that water rave from gems. Peaceful. Merciful. Gentle. say we we'll replace it with a hush God. He's trying to withhold. He doesn't care. He's far off. But the truth is Jesus said he's our father. Either he's our father or not. There's not a middle ground. Either he's dad or he's not. Listen, even though I've not seen my dad, I still have a dad. Do you understand what I'm saying? I still have his blood. Mm. I told him I'd be a little sensitive today. But I feel like we really need it. I feel like that's what the father was impressing him hard. Coming after me. You know when you have a bad attitude? You need a daddy to come out. Kind of smack you back your back head a little bit. Sometimes it could be a two by four. But guess what? He's still your daddy. The love that is in in his heart is nobody can match it. If you're a dad, you know that. If you're a mom, you know that. The love they have for your kid. I mean, I've seen dads and moms that kids, man, they've done some really outrageous stuff. But yet the love is unquenchable. I mean, if we have that as earthly parents, how much more How Heavenly Father? If we, if we can have a place of honor for earthly fathers, how much more for Heavenly Father? Because he's our father. We have to give him due honor. That he deserves. Not because he's forcibly asking it. But in his wisdom. He knows what he's doing. And I'm going to show you proof. That he knows what he's doing. Because none of this stuff could ever be. It could never come out from a man. But because of the all generosity. that is found in his wisdom. That I read in James. For you. For me. That I read, that is gentle, full of mercy. This is the wisdom of our Father. This is what the Holy Spirit declares about the wisdom of our Heavenly Father. How great is that? How great is that? I mean, you try getting a prophetic word like Paul, and he shall know how much you will suffer for me. You tell me, if you don't have a humble heart, whether your heart will not get bitter. You tell me, whether you will not get disappointed. I have a thorn on my side, Lord. Take it. Three times he begged. But what does the father say? No, son, my grace is sufficient for me. Yeah, what? That's not what I'm trying to hear. Dad, I'm broke. Get a job. No, Dad, I need some money. Yeah, I know he needs some money. You know how to call loans? Let me show you. My neighbor over there. Go talk to him. His ways are different. But yet, he's still a father. Lord Jesus, help me. See, Paul kind of, I love how the Holy Spirit put it. He said, how can the created tell the creator, Thank you. (laughs) So how can the creator tell the creator, why did you make me this way? Do you understand the difficulty of it? The magnitude of what Paul is saying? It puts your heart in a whole different place. It exposes your heart. And you really realize... Do I really love my father for who he is or for what he can actually just give? When you have persecutions and inflictions, it brings out all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff comes up. You know what I'm saying? All sorts of stuff comes up. I mean, I I look myself in the mirror, I say, man, good gosh, who's this African man? God even realizes all this stuff in me. And you know what the Father said with such gentleness? He said, I already knew that. You just needed to know that. Now let me love you. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, the Father's wisdom, man, I'm telling you. We need to embrace that. In whichever way it's presented to us. And I'm not saying these to minimize any difficulties you're going through. But one thing is this. Allow your heart to find the Father, our Father in it. Because he's in it. When the disciples were on that boat, they were crying, we're going to die. Jesus was sleeping. Was Jesus in the storm or not? They had to find Jesus in it. In. <laughs> let me not go too far ahead of myself I gotta I got I some time to keep <laughs> you see to be wise in our own eyes thinking that what God our father does is so foolish let me present to you what the foolishness of God actually looks like okay this is in the first Corinthians, starting from verse, chapter one, starting from verse eight, 18, it says, is the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But for we who are being saved, know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where, so where, where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God our Father, in his wisdom, saw to it that we, saw to it that the world will never know him through human wisdom. Period. Now he doesn't even give an explanation about it. He's saying, your brain, you're never going to get to know me that way. Because we know where that comes from. It's what? Sensual, demonic, unspiritual. Okay, let me keep on going. And he goes on to say this. Okay, say so he says, Since God in his wisdom saw that the world will never know him through human wisdom. He used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Think about the foolishness of God's wisdom, right? Our Father, it is foolish to the Jews. Who are asking for signs from heaven. It is foolish to the Greeks. Who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified. The Jews are offended. And the Gentiles say it is all nonsense. The wisdom of God. Which looked like foolishness to the world. Was salvation for us. I'll let that sink in. I'll let that sink in for a little bit. The foolishness of God that we saw to the world, to us, was salvation for us. I'll be a fool. I will take that foolishness. Because it was our salvation. It was our salvation. Do you understand the profoundness of that part? That the old wisdom of God says, No to that. But yes, this is what it's going to look like. It's going to look like bloody. It's going to look cruel. But this is my wisdom for you as my son, for you as my daughter, for you, for you, for you, for you. This is what it's going to look like. Are you going to take it or are you going to live it? Because we want to make it our own effort. We want to show and prove that we can. But the wisdom of God is so profound that he made it in such a way. It's impossible for us to please him any other way. It's impossible to get him in his graces any other way. Other than through the narrow gate that looks bloody in the form of a cross. Okay <laughs> Come on. This is what it says in First Corinthians one twenty four. It says, But those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. the wisdom of our father. Oh my goodness. The wisdom of our father. I'll let that sink in. I ain't going to try to over explain that one. If you want to know what wisdom looks like, guess who you need to find? Jesus. Jesus. Who knew the father's wisdom would look like that? Would come into this other like a little baby, helpless? Who knew it would look like that? Who knew it would look like the cross? How's our God's wisdom? How confounding is that? Maybe you will be thinking, "Ah, oh, that's not how I've done it. For people you don't even know. For people that will be actually even more ungrateful. Use your name in vain and do all this other stuff. But yet, in God's wisdom, he saying, I'm going to say my wisdom. As a person. Here's what he says in Colossians, okay? he says, Colossians 1, 7, verse 15. Through seven it says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before everything was created, and he is supreme of all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms on the earth. He made the things that we see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. For he existed before anything else. And he holds all creation. Together, the all wisdom of God manifested himself in the flesh on this earth. If you read Father in those scriptures, say, please the Father to manifest his fullness through him. That he may reconcile the world through him. The all wisdom of God. Mm. Let's keep on going. Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1-30, through 3, it says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, for our benefit, God made him to be what? Wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God, and he made us pure, holy, and freed us from sin. In God's wisdom that looks so foolish, he hid our lives in Christ. The all wisdom of our father. He hid our lives in Christ. So here's what I'm trying to get to. Because it says in the word in in John, in the beginning was the word, right? And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God from the beginning. So the father took all his wisdom and manifested it in the man Christ Jesus himself. That when we put our trust in him, when we put our trust in him through the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel, Lord Jesus, help me today. And sudden scriptures start making sense where he says, my sheep hear my voice. Because the fact that the wisdom of God is Jesus himself, as we read, That means when the shepherd speaks, that means it's the father's voice that is speaking. Giving us his wisdom for whatever we need. Okay. Time-wise, I can't get into it too much. Because that's what we do. That's what we're called to do. But here's the thing. In order for you and for me To get the fullness of what the Father is offering. Humility cannot be separated from it. Getting low can never be. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm just trying to get my words out right. (laughs) Humility can never be substituted. he says this in the word. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. See, that fear. is not like you're cowering. It is the honor. The respect. That you look at him. As your own dad. As your own father. As our father, you look at him. And in your heart. When he says, son. I will like for you. go over here and for me to trust that even when i get there that even though it does not look like what i thought it should look like that the father in his wisdom has fully thought through the whole entire thing through the joyful parts through the valley parts that he's thought through the whole entire thing and that i can trust in that wisdom of him saying go I'm gonna give you a few stories because I'm getting close then. end. So See, when I moved from Maryland to come here, my mom thought I lost my mind. Had a good job. Okay. And I encountered the Lord in such a powerful way, it was hard for me to explain. I will even tell my mom exactly what had taken place. It was powerful. Like, literally, Jesus walking in the room, and I had such a conviction in my heart, and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. It's funny when the Lord shows up, all of a sudden, everything just opens up like He, when He's the Word, He's the Word, like He unlocks stuff in you because He creators, He knows, he, he, It's just like He unlocks it, boom, you know. And I knew that I was supposed to come down here. My mom said, Do you have a job? I said, No, do you, you have a place to leave? No, so you're just gonna quit your job and get up and go. I said, Yep. She said, son, you I lost your mind. I might, you might need your dad to knock side the head. But I thought, I felt that he was like he was so strong. So I packed my bags. Came. And even when I was trying to find a job, it took me home a whole month to find a job. I mean, I was so discouraged. I I think I'm going to go back on the Lord. I thought I was going to come in and find a job right away. I thought you just had one lined up. No. He took care of the living situation, had a place leave live. But the job, not coming. Until this happened. I'm sitting here, that, then it was called community church. And I was like, Lord, I always don't like this church, man. Too many white people. <laughs> the music, too. I oh, don't know. This country train, I'm not sure. You know, I said, Lord, I was an all African church, man. This is like, yo. And nobody wants to dance, nothing. I don't know what we're going to do here, Lord. You know. So, the next Sunday, I said, I'm going to give one more shot. Come back next Sunday. And this guy comes and preaches, okay. His name is Dr. Norman Ugo. Comes up here. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. He's an African man preaching. Boom. I need to find out where his church is. So, I get a hold of him, find out his church and show. I'm like, next Sunday, I'm going there. So, he say, if you want to come, brother, come on. Like, I'm coming. I walk out that door at the end of the service, and I kid in, in the middle of the parking lot. If you know how the audible voice of the Lord, it's terrifying. And it was so clear. He said, son, if you go anywhere else, you will not find me. Everybody else will, but you won't. Because you've been the you will not be in the place that I planted you. And I just froze. Rhonda was actually he came and walked by me and said, You okay? And I looked at her and I couldn't even say a word. Just got in the car, boom. Ran to the place of I state and cried for hours. Repent about it. I mean, when when you hear voice alarming, it's like you just went like everything that you've done wrong, you know. So I tried her I repent about everything. Lord some my prejudice, man, I'm sorry for thinking that, you know, all this stuff. Like just like just throwing up before the Lord, just whatever you could think about. Sorry for stepping with that ant, Lord. I don't know. I, I it was just on my way. I didn't see it, Lord. I'm sorry. I mean, just Father, Lord, said, "Okay, fine. Get up. You're done." I come back the next Sunday, and Larry Fowler gets up here. He was the headmaster of the school. He was was affiliated with the with the church at the time. This is anybody is looking for a teaching position to teach mathematics, please come see me. And the Lord says, "That's you." And I said. <laughs> Oh, no, Lord. I said, I, say, I want to school here, Lord. i kill these kids. i have been in jail. You want me to have a jail ministry? Maybe I need a jail ministry, Lord. Maybe that's what you're telling me. Wink, wink. Because I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Guess what I'm doing? I'm teaching mathematics for the last 16 years. The old wisdom of God sometimes don't look like what you think. Same thing being a pastor. I was not really looking for it. Not that was my radar. But the wisdom of God just say, listen, I want you to get up and I want you to go where I'm sending you. Didn't give me any details. He said, just get up and go. We want details. I want to know where I'm going to go. Where I'm going to go stay. What kind of job I'm going to have. 401k, insurance. I mean, just whatever you can think about. car. I'll give you another story. You. That's right. <laughs> That's right, brother. I don't have time. I want to get all that, but I'm like, man, but it's true. My wife and three kids. Go figure the wisdom of God, huh? And my mom was like, I never expected that. I said, neither did I. But here we are, three grandkids you got. <laughs> the other part, here's the last story I'm going to tell you. Then we'll read two more scriptures. I remember. During that during that time, when I didn't have a job and stuff, so I go back to Maryland, right? Because I was supposed to get my citizenship. And I was going to get sworn in. Standing cold, put my hand on my heart and say the pledge. And hallelujah, it was great. I was exhilarated. I was happy. So my mom says, I know you don't have a job, so I'm going to give you $100, right? I says, oh, thank you, mama. I appreciate it. I'm broke. That's true. So he said, this should get you there. You know, I, did, I think I had like Twenty or twenty-five bucks on top of that, so I had hundred twenty-five dollars. I was doing pretty good. And guess what the Lord does? I go to church up there in Maryland. The Lord said, "Remember the hundred that you got?" I said, uh, "Yeah, Lord." I won that one, and I'm like, "I said, surely, Lord, I just got it." So I said, "Okay, I understand it. If I give it to this Lord, I'm gonna have." I'm only going to have $25, enough gas just to get me down here. That's it. Not even lunch. So I put it in the offering basket. And the next things that unfolded, I needed four brand new tires for my car. Got four brand new tires. I had a student loan that was close to like $9,000. Got it fully paid. But just give me $100. God's wisdom confounds you. And I didn't even look for any of that stuff. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So here's the good news. He really, truly has given us. Okay, he says this in Proverbs. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Okay, This is Proverbs 2 6. He grants wisdom, meaning that he freely gives it. And the way he gave us that wisdom is through who? The man. Jesus Christ. That is the wisdom God has given us. Not a thing, but a person, which is himself. Amen? And not only did he stop there, he said, this gives you access to my son's mind, to the mind of Christ. See the wisdom of God, man. I'm telling you, the wisdom of our Father. And He says, "I'm giving the mind of Christ so that you can know how to access this wisdom." Because without it, you can't you can't really access it. Without Jesus, we ha- we access nothing in the Father's kingdom. Period. Forget that. This is what it says in uh, First Corinthians two, some from verse ten through sixteen. It says. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit such as that everything shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own thoughts. I mean own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. Paul, you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit made sure that we understood that part. So we can know the wonderful things. That God has freely what? Given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given by the Spirit. Using spirit words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are what? Spiritual can understand that. What the Spirit means. So those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the what? The Lord starts and who knows enough to. But we understand these things for we have what? Right. Even though it started like who can comprehend his thoughts and his counsel. But the father in his wisdom manifested Jesus to our own lives so that we can have access to wisdom itself, which is the man Jesus himself. Period. Now, how much can we trust the father himself in what he's given by his wisdom? Because he's a good father. Father. And his wisdom, no matter how crazy it looks like, that is crazy stuff the way it looks like. We can trust in our father's wisdom by humbling our hearts and coming to that place of knowing that daddy really loves us. And in his wisdom, he's fully got all the facts and he's accounted for everything in all your life. counted for everything. I want to finish with this. See, the purpose of all this says this in Ephesians 3, 10 through 11. It's not just for us. But it says the purpose is this. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to what? Display His wisdom in its rich variety, including Africans, and Chinese, and Indians, and Irish, and Germans, and whatever mixture is in here right now. <laughs> Polish, all of the above. And he goes on saying you know, in in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our, the end.